Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Comic Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube. Do us a big favor, folks. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A M P I R E. As I've always, t- as I always tell you, it's always much appreciated when you tune in. And I really do mean that, folks. I know there are a lot of choices out there, so I always appreciate when you pick uh, the John Com Report. Anyway, you can also read my work on ESPN.com. I had a story up last weekend on Washington offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy and the impact he's made already. Now, we will see what kind of impact he makes during the season, but he's definitely made one so far, and I think the offense will be better for it. Then it comes down to when do they become good, how well does Sam Howell do, and some of that stuff, I got into with my guest today, Logan Paulson, on Monday. That was part one of my conversation with Logan Paulson. Today is part two of my conversation with the former Washington tight end turned analyst for the team. Paulson has the Take Command podcast with Craig Hoffman. Give that a listen. He also does a lot of work with the team and Santana Moss, London Fletcher, Fred Smoot, Julie Donaldson, all of them. It does interviews with Ron Rivera that are always very revealing and insightful. So give those a give those a listen, a watch, all that good stuff. Anyway, so Logan and I talked a lot about again the offense the other day, Sam Howell expectations, levels of optimism after the spring, what he expects for the season. That's what we're doing with the defense today. Defense is further ahead, folks, and they should be. This is year four under Jack Del Rio and year two with their zone match coverage schemes plus. Their, t- their top two picks play defense and play in the secondary. That group looked really good this spring. So we get into all that with Logan, why, what he thinks after the spring and what it means for the season. And again, as I reminded you the other day, I'm now down to two podcasts a week for the next several weeks as we kind of taper down for a month or so up until we get closer to training camp. So, but again, I'll continue to put out content that I think you guys will will appreciate and enjoy. Anyway, that's it for me. So here's part two of my conversation with former Washington tight end, Logan Paulson. School is out and summer is here, so it's time to plan your next family adventure. With eight different levels, 16 courses, 250 climbing obstacles, and over 4,000 feet of zip lines, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring, located in Montgomery County, Maryland, is the largest ropes course and zipline park in the country. Beat the heat and join us after dark for some night climbing. When the sun goes down, the park is lit up, allowing you to climb under the stars. Check out their glow-in-the-park events for extra glow lights and music throughout the forest. Want to keep your feet on the ground? Grab a bite to eat from the food truck and give axe throwing a try. Perfect for first-timers or experts, their projector systems allow you to throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect four, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23DC at checkout. That's promo code KIME23DC, K-E-I-M-2-3-D-C. Now open seven days a week. This is the perfect time of year to get outside and join the adventure at theadventurepark.com. One of the things that, you know, it's funny because they are in a good spot. 
How much could you tell watching them that they've been in the system, not just the Jack Del Rio system, but also the zone match system now for yeah. the second year? How could you see a difference this spring just in how they looked? Gosh, yeah. I mean, yes. <laughs> like definitively, yes. I, like they just seem so much more comfortable. Like this how they play the defense and this is not true of this defense only but one of the elements of this defense is you need to pattern recognize very very quickly and know how you fit in the match principle and i thought the communication was very very high there weren't any free runners there weren't you know linebackers weren't dropping people in coverage um there weren't any kind of communication errors like Emmanuel Forbes, Quan Martin did a great job of kind of being like, oh, we got this dig here. Let's pass this off. Let's get this yeah. communicated. I'm going to replace the safety who's cutting the crosser. Like, and it just seemed like this intricate dance that had just been perfected. And I, I'm sure that Jack would disagree with the use of my term perfection, but holy cow, man, they just did a really, really nice job of being on the same page. There were no easy throws. Um, last year, I felt like there was a couple of times where there was a coverage bust. Guys dropped a dude in coverage. There's a guy wide open, and it's an easy throw for the offense. And this year, I felt like that was just not the case. There was no, like, give me broken plays, busted coverages. Um, they just did a really, really nice job. And that wasn't just the starters. Like, the second group did a great job, too. So it was it was a lot of fun to watch, but especially having that young speed in the back end, Percy Butler, uh, DeForest, the maturity that they showed in year uh, two and three, respectively. Um, I just was, again, very, very impressed with that group. And, you know, the, the, the secondary for me was probably the most impressive group of camp, um, quite honestly. So, you know, that just shows you how highly I think of what they did uh, during this uh, offseason. Oh, I love what we saw from them. And I think mm -hmm. it's a smart group. Yes. Yes, I think that's ex – I mean, that's exactly right. Like, you – you know, one of the things that Ron said about drafting Quan and drafting Forbes is they're guys that had played in zone, but were also very like instinctive football players. And I was just, I was really impressed by the maturity and the professionalism of both those guys. As you come in and you expect, like I expected Forbes to look good, but I expected him to have some tough days, not because he's physically incapable of doing it, but because of the mental demands of the rookie. position. Yeah, he's a rookie, man. And I didn't really see that from him. And, you know, they're not running the football. The whole offense isn't in. There's a lot of reasons to kind of temper that excitement. But, golly, man, both those guys did a great job. And then the, the Percy and, and Forrest also. And I don't know if it's it's a change in coaching or a change in the coaching points, but everyone just seemed like they were very, very comfortable and on the same page in a way that um, was unexpected, quite frankly. So. And you know, it's funny because I bring up the smarts. Like, I think Kendall Fuller is one of the smarter corners that I've covered. I think St. Juice does a good job learning as well. Yes. And I think Forbes is in that category as well. I think, you know, he's he was a smart college corner. You know, Quan Martin, you can't do what he did at Illinois, bouncing around, moving around without having a knowledge of football, right? And I think Cam Curl's that way. So I think it's that's why I say it's it go when you have that, you know it just seems like you can do a lot more in terms of disguising and things like that. How much will that help this group? I mean, you know, again, when you talk to quarterbacks, one of the most challenging things about about NFL defenses now is that the, their ability to bounce effortlessly between coverages and um, not give you a definitive pre-snap look. And this group, I mean, not only can they do that from an intellectual standpoint, but from a personnel standpoint, I mean, they've got, and they've got five safeties that could play at any given time. 
and be comfortable. Like if Cam Crow's playing, he could basically play linebacker with, you know, Jamin or Cody or whatever. And you feel very confident about the ability to disguise who's the nickel, who's the safety, who's the, who's the post, who's the box and just effortlessly kind of play this positionless uh, football, much like the, you know, in basketball, how they've all gone small ball now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it gives, it presents some of the same issues. You get a lot of speed on the field and you get guys who are better coverage players. And as much as people want to talk about running the football, like the NFL t- today is about throwing the ball. So get those guys on the field, have them build those relationships, have them that disguise those coverages. And that's a dangerous, dangerous proposition in my perspective. And it's funny because before they could go with the 51 with five D backs. Now you could go, you know, four, four down one linebacker and six defensive backs because of the ability of Martin and curl to be versatile in what they do. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I did a little project on Cameron curl um, and you know, they talked about can Quan play the Buffalo nickel. And one of the things when I was doing the study at Cam is just like how special his skill set is, his ability yeah. to take on an offensive lineman with his length and then go cover a receiver or lock down a tight end. And that's a very unique skill set. And I don't know if Quan is up to that level yet, but I mean, I think that's why you bring in a guy who's very explosive, very twitched up. It'll be really interesting to see him versus the run looks because like right now in coverage, he's amazing. Like, Holy cow, he can move his feet. He matches up against receivers that, Oh, that nickel overhang spot. He just looked very, very confident. But if you're going to replace cam in the box, which is cam did an excellent job of last year, you need a certain type of mindset and a certain type of physicality, which is personally why in the draft, I thought they might go a different direction because I thought they were looking for like more of a thumper. But in terms of football player, Quan's the cream of the crop, but can he do some of that stuff? in in the box with the lineman taking on tight ends taking on a fullback if he needs to um and to me that if he can do that this group is going to be really really fantastic and that's you know and i think that's where you go what about you know we only saw chase young for three days and what i tell people is he looked more confident as me you know look but ultimately you're still helmets and shorts right right so but did you see anything from him where you say okay that looks good and like you know even though it's just you know as they say underwear olympics what did you see from him that maybe was jumped out to you well i think my biggest question about him coming back basically was just like you know where's he at with the knee and i know it was like two days you know of not a lot of intense work but the burst seemed to be back the confidence of the knee seemed to be back he um you know he wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination but like he had a couple nice wins and pass rush during the team period. Now those are hard for the O lineman because they don't have pads on all that stuff. But you saw a guy who was getting back to that, if not already back to that kind of physical freak. And um, you know, he didn't have enough rushes for me to say, oh, he's definitively fixed his right. rush. But he had some nice wins. He looked explosive and he looked confident. And for two days of work, like that's kind of what I was hoping to see. Now it would be really worrisome if he came back and was limping around and not quite the same guy, but he didn't show that. He showed that he looks to be healthy. He looks to be confident and the explosion and the athleticism, which, you know, made him the second overall pick seemed to be back in full form. What are your expectations? Well, sticking with him for a minute. The other thing I didn't see Logan was the stutter steps. I didn't now I didn't watch him every snap. I didn't watch him every rep, but I didn't see that. I think that if he can eliminate that at least consistently, that's a good thing for him. I think so too. And again, we're talking about like his rush angles. That's kind of what I'm referencing there. 
um, you know, you didn't get enough enough reps to kind of say, oh. oh, he's completely fixed this. But in terms of the reps you did see, they were good. So, you know, like for five reps, you're like, okay, they're all good. So hopefully that just continues uh, into the next phase of the offseason. What are your expectations for the defense then this season? Because one of the things, too, I hear from players, like they know they finish strong. They know they they always finish strong. They know they have to start fast. So, but what are your expectations? That's a really good question. Um, I think after seeing the defense, my expectations are a little bit higher. And I always am a guy who likes to temper my expectations, but they just were so good. And I think about last year, the last couple of years, the, the Achilles here for this group was just the back end wasn't, they were good, but they weren't excellent. And I feel now that they they are going to be flirting with excellence if they can gel and come together. And if that's the case, it's going to be a very scary group, especially with, you know, Alan Payne, Big Phil coming back as a depth piece, Ridgeway getting healthy, James, Casey, Chase, Montez, like that and FAO Bata, that group is a is is scary. You know, obviously the the linebackers are a little bit um in question, but I look at what Jamin was doing, especially the last four games of the year. And he's grading like, you know, one of the best linebackers in football, which is crazy. So it's all got to gel. It's all got to come together. People got to find their homes. People got to stay healthy, all that kind of stuff. But in terms of personnel, it's crazy to me what the depth in the back end did that they got in this draft and how it totally changed the complexion of the defense and what this defense is capable of. So um, I'm I'm really excited. My expectations are high, but I'm going to try and temper them until I see them come together in training camp until we see them how you know how they're playing the run all those variables that we need to see them in the joint practice against baltimore but i i think i I definitely think they have the potential to be the best defensive line in football one of the best defensive secondary is probably top five defensive secondary in football that's all potential and that can be a bad word but i'm i'm very excited to see what this group can do and we've all seen times here where it goes south where you don't want it but like there is reason to be feel really good about him linebacker are you yeah what do you have any lingering concern? You kind of brought it up. Do you have yeah. any lingering concerns there? And the guy, and I know you've talked about, but I've been talking for a few weeks too, is Kalik Hudson. Yeah. Does he change what they maybe, when they maybe look for another linebacker if they do? What did you think? Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, Jamie didn't practice, obviously, right. or he practiced, but didn't do any team. Um, and if he, he, to me, he's, he's really interesting because if, you know, he finished the year grading, just, you know, talk about PFF metrics, right, wrong and different, but he ended up grading in like the high seventies, which is very, very good. If he can continue to improve and develop like that, like that's going to be awesome for him, especially playing behind that defense. We'll see. He's not healthy. Didn't do anything during the off season. Cody, I think has some, some nice ability, look good at times, still learning the defense, obviously. And then you mentioned Kalik, Kalik looked. Great man, he was my surprise, my surprise yeah, player of the too. off season. Me too. He just he, great blitzer, great feel. Like he had, you know, there's a couple times he's playing that Buffalo nickel overhang player on a receiver, matching up with those guys. And if he can do that for them, holy cow! Like you know, we talk about Quan playing in the box, but if you get that guy like that, Kalik shows that skill set, then you're not worried about having a physical run player because he's pretty good at that. Right. And it just it would add so much depth and allow you to take some of that that box work off of Cam and let him kind of be the versatile chess piece in the back that he can be. So, um, yeah, I mean, it really depends on develop the development of those two players. I think it de- depends on the development of Jamin if he becomes the guy that we think he can be, and then if Kalik shows a continued trajectory after that great Dallas game. 
the confidence he accrued there. You know, he's a converted safety. Takes a couple of years to kind of find yourself. Maybe this is the year, and man, that would be fantastic for this defense if that was the case. Yeah, and I always tell people this is a the, the you know there's a step here, there's a step in the spring. Yes. The next yeah. big step is camp, and you got to show it there too. And then the season, so there's ways yes. to go. But this was what the feelings from the spring. Logan, tell people real quick where they can find you. Well, obviously anywhere that uh, on the Commanders YouTube page, doing the shows there, uh, the Take Command podcast with Craig Hoffman, which is for Odyssey Sports. I also do a podcast for the Commanders, um, which we can get you can get on Spotify, which is great. Um, that I think that's all my stuff. Uh, so, and then the Instagram Logan underscore Paulson eighty two. So, uh, Logan, you're the best. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, John. Appreciate you having me. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Logan for joining me and thank you as always for tuning in. I'll be back with another episode on Monday. I'll talk to you next time.